as creators, there are so many things that we have to learn to be successful in this industry, from managing our content and our audience to our personal life and mental health. In Coached, a sub-series of Social Scoop podcasts by SocialMate, we work one-on-one with a member of our private creator coaching community, The Social Suite, and you get to be a fly on the wall during our call. I'm Kristen Busquet, and I've been a full-time creator for over three years and have brought in over $350,000 from sponsored posts and content creation collaborations with brands so far. Social Scoop is the podcast where we teach you, the entrepreneurial creator, to turn your online influence into a profitable, self-sustaining business. Let's dive right in. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Social Scoop Podcast. We teach entrepreneurial creators to turn their online influence and creativity into a profitable, self-sustaining business. Every Tuesday, you can catch the weekly news and an interview with an industry expert. And every Thursday, you get to be a fly on the wall during a personalized coaching call with one of our members. My name is Kristen Busquet. And as always, I'm so excited that you're here. Today, I'm here with Kaya Clark, a Georgia-based creator sharing great food with those in the Gainesville, North Georgia area. We're always asking, what should I eat today? If you're interested in getting a free one-on-one podcast coaching call, you can become a member of our private membership community, The Social Suite. Without further ado, let's dive into it. Kaya, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Of course. It's so funny. I, I love the line of like people who are always asking, what should I eat? Because that's literally me every single day. As I'm eating lunch, I'm like, so what are we eating for dinner? Where are we going for dinner? Exactly. That's how we have been for years. (laughs) I feel like if you're not like that, I'm worried about you. Oh, yeah, exactly. We can't (laughs) be friends if that's the case. (laughs) Literally, you can't sit with us. Exactly. So for those who don't know you yet, who haven't seen your page, can you kind of just give us a little bit more of a rundown of who you are and what you guys do? Yeah, absolutely. So my boyfriend and I started this page two years ago. It was actually Zach's idea. So he was like, we could be getting free food with all these pictures we're already taking and posting to our personal stories. He was like, you work in social media. Like, why haven't we already done this? Like, it seems like the obvious answer. Um, So I started two years ago during the pandemic, like, with the goal of promoting small businesses and places we love in the areas to make sure they don't go out of business. Um, And so it's just really been quite a journey since then, like finding our way in this and turning it into an influencer platform instead of just a passion project. So it's really exciting to see how it grows. Definitely. That's, that's awesome. I love that. It was his idea too, but we also, I feel like we never really see him. Like (laughs) he's like more behind the scenes now or so it seems. Exactly. Yeah. He will sometimes be in the photos or videos, but never actually participating. It is me (laughs) doing all the work. (laughs) Yeah. Classic, classic husband, boyfriend. They're like, yeah, you should Mm -hmm. do this. And then, or we should do this. And then somehow you end up doing everything. (laughs) Exactly. Um, so a couple of things that we wanted to talk about today. Um, one thing that you are trying to work on more is working with small businesses and actually monetizing with those small businesses. Um, so we'll definitely talk about that. And then also one thing that I know you had mentioned, but also literally everyone that I talked to mentions, um, dealing with imposter syndrome or dealing with that, you know, pressure to grow quickly and 
pretty much just the pressures that come with social media. So we'll talk about both of those things. Let's first start off by chatting a little bit about um, working with small businesses. So give me like a little bit of a rundown in general. What are the brands that you guys have worked with in terms of like small business versus larger business? Um, and also paid versus unpaid? Like what does your typical partnership look like in the last two years? Yeah. So right now, pretty much all of our partnerships have been gifted because the food space is really known for that. Um, It's easy to say, hey, come have a free meal on us. It's hard to actually write the check, especially when a lot of these restaurants are so busy right now with people getting back out into the world and like really craving that connection. Like they're busy. They don't need the advertisement really. So a lot of it is gifted. We have had a few paid collabs, but they're mostly like with businesses that are franchises rather than yeah. an actual true small business. Um, our first paid collab actually was with a friend of mine named Emily. She runs a King of Pops cart here in Gainesville. Okay. If you're familiar with King of Pops at all, they're a big um, nationwide brand based in Atlanta. They do popsicles. And that was really fun, but it was set up as a series of posts. So we did four collabs with them over the course of, I think, three months. Okay. Okay. So you've had, you know, you've been able to kind of like dip your toes in. Um, And I know something that we've talked about previously, just, you know, like one-on-one is that working with small businesses in general, I think is a little bit more difficult when it comes to being compensated versus obviously bigger brands who have more budgets. Um, It's difficult because if you're thinking about it from the small businesses perspective, having creators do this marketing for you is obviously a great way to make more money, but they still have to find the capital to put up front to be able to actually, you know, like pay you to be able to do this. Um, Put small businesses in in sometimes a difficult position. Um, But in general, I think whether it's a food space or not, it's always harder to work with small businesses just because of their limited budgets, especially after COVID. Small businesses are like, you know, a lot of them are still kind of just hanging on. um, So I understand that. So the businesses that you've made connections with so far, um, like any small businesses that you've done gifted things, have you ever approached them about being paid? Like, what do you typically see if that does happen? I have had a few inbound requests where I, they're like close to an hour, hour and a half away from us that they're inviting us out for a free meal. I'm like, look, I would love to do that. But just for the sheer amount of time it would take, like we have to be compensated. There's no choice in the matter. Like I can't even accept a gifted because it wouldn't be worth the three hours of driving and gas that it would take to get there. And almost all of them have been like, well, sorry, guess you're just out of the area. Like, and that was it. Um, The ones that we have done gifted stuff with, I actually have not reached back out because we have had a lot of inbound requests. So I'm constantly fielding those. Um, But that is a goal of mine for 2023 is to reach back out to those connections that we've built and kind of push that or even the UGC side of things. Yeah. And and that's kind of something that I mean, I have like a couple of things I want to talk to you about that I think might be helpful. I think with food, like I think about restaurants in general. So when I, in a past life, I used to do social media for a boutique in Boston and we would always try and collaborate with restaurants and do these things where like, you know, 
you know, the the boutique would give a percentage of, or sorry, they would do like a, a percentage discount for anyone that shopped ate at the restaurant and vice versa. Um, and so we try to do collaborations with, like that all the time. And even something like that, where it's not costing them anything, it was always really difficult to get restaurants to actually compensate for anything. And across the board with any creators that I've worked with in the food space, that's not something that is uncommon. I think that they just take a little bit more convincing. Like you have to really show these people like I'm not just in it for free food. I'm not just in it to make money. Like the influencer industry is legit. Like I will literally be bringing new people into you. Cause I think a lot of the, think about like people in, in, I think about like old Italian man working in a restaurant, right? Like he owns, he owns a little Italian restaurant. If you were to go up to him and be like, hi, I'm an influencer. Like, do you want to pay me? He'd be like, what do you, like, what do you mean? What are you like? What is this? You know, they don't understand the industry, I think, a lot of the times. So I do think that they take a little bit more um, more push. So I really feel like in order to, for you to have these compensated partnerships with restaurants, I think it's going to take a lot of like showing your loyalty and dedication to them before you can really get your foot in the door. Like a lot of what I call like warming up the brand. Um, you know, really having to kind of like maybe prove your value through free content first. So I think reaching back out to those brands that you already have these, you know, comped meals with is a great place to start. So if you do the comped meal, you share this great post, people are super interested and you're already like kind of garnering some buzz for this brand, maybe find ways that you can like keep that going and then present it to them and say like, here, look at all this value that I have provided you, you know, like save DMs, screenshot DMs and like, you know, put those together in a little um, Canva thing and, and send that to them when you reach back out and be like, look at all these people who are like, wow, I can't wait to try this pasta dish you posted or I can't wait to stop here next time we're in the area, whatever it is. Um, that's that's hard proof right there that, you know, like you're actually bringing in um, some some visitors and some money to them. Yeah, for sure. The DMs thing is one thing I hadn't considered before because that is one thing I really push with our page is cultivating yeah. that community and pushing constant DMs. Like I have it as a goal for myself to send at least 10 a day to someone in the community, whether it's just a follower or other foodie pages. So that is something yeah. I need to really hone in on. Yeah, I mean, I do that for myself too. Like any anytime I have partnerships with any brands, even if I finish the partnership um, and then two months later, someone's like, oh, I was just at the store and I remember you had talked about this. Like I'll screenshot those. And that's like my way to kind of like tap back into the brand to be like, hey, uh, you know, I, I hope you're doing well since we last talked on our during our partnership the last few months, whenever it was. Um, I'm actually still getting people who are super excited about this. And like, that's kind of my in sometimes, you know, like I'll attach that comment or a few comments in the email and then be able to say like, so what else are you working on? You know, like, do you want to keep, keep working together? Um, so, so something like that I think could be really helpful. Um, another thing I was kind of thinking about too, that maybe would be a good way to kind of like go up this ladder to hopefully at the top when you are getting compensated, like maybe the first step is let's just, let's just come in and do like a gifted meal. I'll post some stories about it, post a reel, whatever you feel comfortable with. And then from there, like, how do we move this relationship forward to a place where you are getting compensated? 
I think there are some real good, like outside the box things that you could try. Um, for example, maybe with restaurants, I think you could collaborate with them on like a special deal or, or sorry, like a special dish, you know, or I guess a deal would work too. But like, if you were to do like, you know, this is, this is our dish of version of this dish at this restaurant and they like put it on their menu for a limited time or something and then you bring people in to go get Kaya's dish whatever it's called but then that's again proof when they have people coming in being like oh yeah I saw this on Instagram like I want to try this dish whatever it is like even if it's five people like that's still people that you are getting to walk into that restaurant so something like that could be really cool also finding Obviously, this won't work with every restaurant, but finding restaurants who have like maybe a nice space that could be turned into like a little event space and maybe throw an event where you do. I know you are in real estate as well. So maybe you throw, you know, a real estate event and you also have the um, you have the restaurant like make small bites or something. And regardless, you're bringing people into the restaurant. So it's showing like, not only can I get people here, but I'm also dedicated to helping your business grow. Like, look at all these people I'm bringing in the door. Um, And then my last idea would be maybe doing like a takeover on their stories. You know, like maybe you were to do a stories takeover where you say like, hey, you know, I'm going to this restaurant today. Um, Come look at their stories. I'm going to show you like all of their best dishes. And then on their stories, you get to also introduce yourself. So, you know, very mutually beneficial. But also, then they're able to see in their DMs people responding, oh, I love this dish. I want to try this dish, whatever. Um, And they can see like their numbers. Maybe their story views are double what they usually are because you're bringing people in. So I think those could be three really interesting ways, kind of like outside the box methods of just like starting to build loyalty and like prove your your dedication to these restaurants. Yeah, those are really great. That's not something I had really considered. I try and keep specifically for the event one. I try and keep my my alter ego and my <laughs> my Miley Cyrus and my Hannah Montana, if you will, yes. separate. <laughs> uh, my personal life versus this alter ego I've created. Yeah. But it would be cool to kind of combine those and show yeah. off both sides of that. Or, or even doing like a foodie event, you know, like Georgia foodies and you know just anyone who's in the area whether it's like other other creators whether it's their followers your followers like you are the one bringing this whole event together like even something like that could be cool or maybe you get like them to maybe the people at the restaurant do like a small event where it's like come in the kitchen with us and like see how we make all these things and that could be something that could even be like ticketed where they get you know, they get money to get paid for the food, but also people are having like this small, cool, intimate experience that you curated showing your loyalty, but also like now they're going to go tell their friends and they're going to go tell their friends. And it's all at the end of the day, like because of you. So even something like that could be really cool. I would go to something like that. Yeah, I would too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, And then the last thing we kind of talked about, uh, we've talked about this previously, would be content creations um, or content creation just in general for more like consistent monetization. Um, You know, one of my my previous students, Megan Varela, she is in San Diego and she does very similar stuff to you. um, But basically, Megan one of her biggest ways that she monetizes is she goes out to these restaurants and these, you know, different 
um, adventures and experiences in San Diego. And she does content creation for them. So she's making the reels. She's taking the photos, but also she doesn't have to worry about posting any of that. And every month they're like, hey, Megan, these are the things we want you to come shoot this month so that they can stay consistent as well. Um, So have you reached out to any brands about content creation at all? I have not yet, but that is something I'm working on building up a portfolio for now in this like kind of with holidays, it's kind of in limbo as far as you either have your brand deals or you're waiting until next year. Um, so in this limbo, I'm kind of prepping that kind of portfolio and the example yeah. work. Yeah, utilize this time to really just like get yourself prepared, get yourself ready. I love that. Um, cool. Well, I mean, those are some some things that you can kind of think about when working with small businesses. I think it's, again, about building loyalty. It's going to take time. I, I don't think there's a lot of small businesses or small restaurants where you could just send them an email and be like, Hey, you want to pay me for this? And they're like, yeah, sick. Here you go. I don't think that's going to happen very frequently. I think it's going to be like more of these like building blocks until they're like, all right, you know, like we see you, like we know that you're dedicated to us. Like, fine, let's work on something monetized because you've proven to us that you can make us money. You know? Um, I think that's probably how it's going to have to be, but you know, pick your favorite restaurants, make a list of them and say like, these are the ones I want to start with. These are the ones I want to, you know, spend the most time with these people and and spend the most time in these restaurants or whatever it is. Um, and then start there, see where that gets you. So also let's talk a little bit about imposter syndrome, um, and also dealing with this kind of like pressure to grow quickly. Um, so give me a little rundown on, on how you're feeling when it comes to these things. Like, what does this look like for you on a daily basis? Yeah. So I have (laughs) monthly goals set for myself, like pretty much every other creator does about what how many followers I want to hit for the month or how, whatever engagement I want to get to. But we only have 2,000 followers. So that's not like that. It feels low since I'm so involved in this creator space. I see everyone with 50K, 100K, whatever it is. And they've all gotten there so quickly. I'm like, well, why isn't our page doing that? Well, I have to kind of check myself because I know why it's not doing that. I'm cultivating relationships. I'm not just posting anything that'll go viral because I know it will or whatever. Um, So I have to kind of really balance myself all the time about where I'm at, where I'm wanting to be and not trying to force it kind of thing. Yeah. But then at the same time, I'm like, well, we're getting like recognized while we're at a restaurant. Like, oh my gosh, are you North Metro eateries? I'm like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> this is weird, but yeah, that is me. Like, it feels so right. uncomfortable because like, I'm like, oh, I only have 2000 followers. Like that shouldn't be happening. But then it does because of the community we've built. So yeah. I'm try- I'm like somewhere stuck in the middle of like, what is happening? And <laughs> why is it happening? <laughs> what is going on? Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Okay, I have a question. Um, I don't know much about Georgia, but like the area that you live in, is it like, is it small? Like, what is it in comparison to like Atlanta? So Gainesville has around a 50,000 population. So it's small-ish, but not like tiny by any means. Um, The areas around it, it's growing really, really rapidly. So a lot of people are moving out of Atlanta or they're moving to Lake Lanier, which is the big thing to do in the area. Um, So 
it's small-ish. Like, it feels like a small town, but there's a lot of people. Okay, I have to Google how many people live in Charlotte. Oh my gosh. Okay, wow. That is, like, way more than I thought. Because I'm, like, in comparison to, like, Charlotte. Right. Because I hear 50,000 people, and I'm just like, is that, like, you know, is it a lot or not? Okay, Charlotte, as of 2021, 879,000 people. Okay. Is, Charlotte the, is Charlotte the capital or is that Raleigh? No, I think Raleigh is. Charlotte okay. is not. I I'm think not it's super familiar with the Carolinas. <laughs> but wow, that's crazy. So, and in comparison, Atlanta has 496,000. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's, okay. Side note. So, crazy. Yeah, it's small, but at the same time, it like it it's feels growing. it's really spread out. So, that is another part okay. of it. Like, there is a lot of square footage or square miles in Gainesville. Yeah. Like it goes across several counties and it's just huge. But um, population wise, it, it is a lot of farm towns and a lot of yeah. industry kind of stuff. So they're trying okay. to make themselves more modern by putting in these like mixed use developments with apartments and shopping yeah. and restaurants on the bottom. Um, but they're just not there yet. Okay. So the reason I ask is because I'm thinking, you know, when we think about growth and especially for you, you're in such a, you're in a niche, you know, and if I'm Mm -hmm. not in Gainesville and I'm not someone who lives in Gainesville, it's hard for me to look at the restaurants and, you know, like I can't do anything unless I go there. You know what I mean? So I think it's relative to the size of where you live, you know, like if you have a population of 50,000 and you have 2000 followers, when you think about it that way, like that's actually a really good chunk. And I think that's probably why you're, you know, getting recognized and stuff. Like maybe in Atlanta, if you had 2000 followers, it might definitely be like a different story. Um, So I actually think the fact that you're not in like a huge major city as a food creator might even be more beneficial for you, you know, because you don't have as much, I guess, competition, you know, obviously, you're not necessarily competing with them. But like, you don't have as many people who are doing the same things as you that are going to beat you out of opportunities. Um, So I think looking at that as a positive is really helpful. Um, But with imposter syndrome, in general, I think the first thing to know is that everyone feels it. It literally, it does not choose people by their follower count, by their engagement rate. Like even people that I work with that have hundreds of thousands of followers, literally that's something they talk to me about every single time I talk to them. So that doesn't go away. I think you just get more comfortable dealing with it. Um, And the other thing too, is like you were saying, oh, you know, I see people with like 50,000, 100,000 followers. First of all, even if you had 50,000 followers, you're going to be like, okay, well, I want 60. You have 100 and you're like, okay, well, I want 150. Like, you're, you can always go up. And I feel like that's one of the problems with imposter syndrome as creators is like, we can never necessarily be satisfied <laughs> because there's always like another level to go and hit, you know? Um, so let me ask you, looking at the bigger picture of you, what you're doing as a creator, like, what what facts support that you deserve to be in your role? You know, like is is there anything that you're like, okay, I I'm a strong creator because or like I'm doing a really good job because. Yeah, so kind of beginning with that, like I I do work in social media. That is my full-time job. So I see yeah. it from the other side of things like in the industry. I'm like, well, I'm doing a great job because 
my analytics are always in the green. I'm always building new relationships and my engagement stays pretty consistent around 6%. And like, even as we're growing in followers, like staying at that engagement rate is huge. Um, So it means they're real engaged, good followers. Like they're not just bots or the Forex trading accounts. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean like that and... And that's huge. Like you being able to mm-hmm. say, I'm staying in the green every week. Like, sis, the last time I was in the green, like, you know what I mean? It doesn't happen very often. So the fact that you are con- consistently, I think is actually huge. Yeah, it feels huge because all my other accounts are not. So <laughs> I see the so, you know. I'm like, okay, yeah. I see the comparison, especially because they're right. real estate in the same area that we are. So I'm like, these are the same people yep, on both exactly. accounts that follow us. So it is good to know. I do yeah. feel like my content is good, but it could be better. I'm sure okay. everyone feels that way. But yeah, for what we're doing on a tight budget, like, or basically free, um, <laughs> right. it is <laughs> of high level. Um, so that's something I'm like, okay, I can take pride yeah. in that. Right. So like you have a great engaged community, you have great content, you have great numbers. And outside of all of those things as well, like you know the the city. Like you're an expert mm-hmm. in your city. You're an expert in recommendations. You you know the restaurants, you know the food. Like that right there is something that I mean, if people are coming to you for that, you know, like obviously that's something you could be considered an expert in. So looking at the bigger picture, like look at all of those, those great things that you do better than other people, you know, like you probably have a higher engagement rate than a lot of people. You have more followers than people you have, you know, better content, like there's always going to be someone below you, but there's also going to be someone above you. So I think it's, it's important for you to also celebrate those successes and let go of the you know, perfectionism or the need to level up and and always be more. I know for me, like, since this is like, I feel crazy saying this as a coach, but I have to be honest, since 2020, the end of 2020, I had 24,000 followers. Today, the end of 2022, when we're recording this, I have 24,000 followers. So it has been two years that I've been consistently posting content and my follower count has gone up and down, up and down, up and down. And somehow I'm still right back where I started. So I think that, I mean, for a while that used to really bother me. Like I would be like, why, again, why is everyone else around me growing followers? I, my content's good. Like I'm providing value. I'm checking all of the boxes. What's happening? And again, I think because you are so focused on building those strong you know, like relationships and having a strong community, pay less attention to the follower count. Again, it can always be higher than it is. But at the end of the day, like if you can speak to 2000 people that you know, by name, and you've had conversations with, that's so much more valuable than having 50,000 people that you literally have no idea how, how many are men, how many are women, they don't even know if they live around you, especially for someone who has such a niche business you know like you're you're speaking to people who live in a certain area who are interested in going out to eat like that's that's very niche so the fact that you can speak to all those people and know that this is who they are I think is so much more valuable obviously it's always going to be easy for you to compare yourself to other people of course but thinking about all of those strengths that you have that other people don't have I think is a great way to 
bring yourself back down. (laughs) For sure. Yeah, definitely. And that's something with our niche. I did change our name like a year and a half ago. I was like six months in. I was like, this is too niche down. So I did change it. I think it, I don't even remember what the name was at this point because I'm so like set in the brand of North Metro (laughs) Eateries. But I did change it to North Metro because it's like all of North Georgia and Metro Atlanta because I work in a different county than I'm living in. And so we're traveling all over the state and everything. So I did broaden it. And I was always worried that that was a mistake because I was like, everyone says niche down, not niche broader. (laughs) Yeah, right, right, right. I have been able to connect with a good amount of people though in other areas. I just, because we live in Gainesville, it's easier to focus on content in that area. Yeah. And again, like I have to say, like I follow plenty of Charlotte food accounts and if they go on vacation somewhere and post other food, it gets me so mad because sometimes (laughs) I'm like, Oh, this looks so good. And I go to click it and it's like in California because they're on vacation. And I'm just like, I can't like I'm following you so I can see what I can eat down the street. I don't want to see California. So again, I think for specific accounts, being super niche is such a good thing because your people know when they're sitting on their couch on a Friday night, like let's go out to eat. And they say, where do you want to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? I'm going to go straight to your account and be like, okay, where does Kaya tell me to go this week? Because clearly neither of us can make a decision. Andrew and I do that literally every single weekend. (laughs) So having those really niche accounts is honestly like so, so, so helpful. Where I think plenty of other accounts in different, again, niches can get away with being a little bit more broad. But I think for someone like you, the more specific, the better, honestly. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah. Um, and one other thing I want to share with you. So, okay, I got this journal um, on Black Friday and I've been wanting it for so long. So it's it's called the Anti-Anxiety Notebook and they teach you about cognitive behavioral therapy. And so basically what this notebook is, and I'm getting to why this is related to imposter syndrome. I'm not just preaching. Um, so what it is, is basically like whenever you feel anxious, you sit down and it basically takes you through like this, these five steps and it helps you go from like, oh my God, I'm so anxious. Like what, this is what's happening to like, okay, high level, like what's going on? Let's deal with this. So the questions are first, what happened? Um, you know, and this is where maybe you talk about like, this is what I saw. Like I saw this girl talk about how she just gained 20,000 followers and now I'm, you know, comparing myself to her. So like what happened and then what is going through your mind? You can kind of talk about like how that's making you feel. Maybe it's making you feel like you should give up. Like you're doing all this work and nothing's happening and it's so discouraging. Then it says, what emotions are you feeling? And they use this thing called the emotion wheel, which I guess is like very popular in mental health. I literally had no idea, but it's basically like this wheel. Um, and it talks about like all of the different emotions and like where they're actually stemming from. So for example, like inadequacy, which is what you might feel with imposter syndrome, like that's all stemming from fear, you know, fear that you're not good enough, fear that you're not going to make it. And so you can kind of talk about the emotions and then it says, uh, how can you think about the situation differently? So like challenging your thoughts. And that's where you kind of flip this the script and say, okay, well, this girl gained 20,000 followers, but let's look at these followers. You go through and you look at them and you're like, okay, well, they're a bunch of creepy dudes. They all live in India. You know, like you get all these random weird accounts, right? And so it's easier for you to look at that and say, okay, well, she gained 20,000 followers. 
but this is why you know it's it's actually okay like she can have those followers and I'm okay because of this. And again, you can kind of talk about like those successes. Um, and it really just helps kind of like reframe those situations that you get in where sometimes you feel the imposter syndrome and it's just one little thing that like sets it off. And before you know it, you're like, should I quit? I'm done. Like, I'm not worthy. Like, I suck. I'm done. Like, I have, I literally go through this like three times a week. Okay. Like, at least. So I thought that was cool to share because I think that, I mean, honestly, you could do it without the journal, but I think the journal is actually really great for creators because there's so many things in our job that's just like provokes anxiety all the time. <laughs> yeah. And it always feels like an emergency, whether it is or not, yep. like, like responding to a mean comment, like you could let mm -hmm. it sit a couple days and it's no big deal. Or you can respond immediately because you're freaking out yeah. <laughs> trying to like do damage yep. control or whatever right exactly it, it's literally like even I wrote in this journal yesterday the day before because I literally had that happen to me someone left a comment that made me feel bad and, and it made me question everything I do and I was just like you know like this sucks why I shouldn't you know like be doing this anymore and when I reframed it I was just like okay well this is one person I can't make everyone happy, you know, and like you, you kind of like have to take that step back and really look at it from um, a different perspective. But celebrating your successes, I think, is so important, especially again for you. You have so many good things that are happening. It's so easy for one small th bad thing to like really ruin it. But going back to those successes and like even literally like write them on a sticky note and like put them next to your desk or something, set them as your phone wallpaper. Like I think those things being in your face more often than not might kind of help you, you know, with the imposter syndrome. Definitely. Yay. All right. Well, I hope that this gave you like some good nuggets of, of inspiration. I always feel like being on these calls, like even for me, makes me feel like I feel better about imposter syndrome right now. Like, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So I, I hope this was super helpful for you. Um, you guys can find Kaya in the show notes below. Go follow her, especially if you are in the area. Um, if you guys are interested in getting your free one-on-one -on -one podcast coaching call, you can become a member of our private community called The Social Suite. You can use code SCOOP for 50% off the first month. Kaya, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. This was so helpful.